It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Dry Drysaddle will chip and charge right through Couture. Waves, dishes, McDavid, backhander. No, he didn't pull the trigger. Now feeds it in front, deflected home by Drysaddle. And this game is over. They're going to check this, Jack. They're going to check to see if Drysaddle booted it in. He did not. And it counts. It's a new coach, but a familiar formula. For your Edmonton Oilers, the big guns get the points, a goal and two assists each for Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, including that Dreisaitl overtime winner. Some timely saves from goaltender Miko Koskinen and the Oilers win in Ken Hitchcock's Edmonton Oilers debut 4-3 against the San Jose Sharks. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It is 11.32, about... 14 hours ago, the Edmonton Oilers announced a coaching change. Todd McClellan out, Ken Hitchcock in. So we led you into the broadcast with that story, and now we take you through the game. And uh, the Oilers fighting back from an early goal against. They were scored on just 45 seconds into the game. In fact, they never had a lead until they scored in overtime, but they never fell behind by more than a goal. And I think a lot of credit for that, Rob, goes to uh, Miko Koskinen. And he made some big saves to prevent San Jose from going ahead by two. Yeah, and that's what you have to do as a goaltender. you got to come up with a big save at the right time. You know, San Jose Sharks controlled the first period. They had a 2-1 lead. They had a couple opportunities to extend the lead and put a little distance between them and the Oilers. And uh, Koskinen came up big save. He made a big save on a breakaway. A couple cross-crease passes he made a big save on. And then there was one, it was in, I think it was in the was it the second or third, the one where the big tip that he came in to kick his left leg out, it was going in. Oh, that, that was in the third, yeah. Third, yeah, so another big save there. So he came up big when he had to. And the, the one thing that we've seen in the games that the Oilers have won is their goaltender has given them a fighting chance. In the games that they've lost, not that the goalie's played bad, but hasn't come up with that big save that they needed. And that's been the difference in the last month between what Koskinen has given you and what Talbot has given you. Koskinen has given you that save that you need. And tonight was a, a perfect example of what we've seen from the Oilers when they are successful. They, they play okay hockey. They get their big line going. Their goaltender keeps them close going into the third. Timely goal. And then you get to overtime and you may as well put a W up beside the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers on the scoreboard because once you get Drysaddle and Connor McDavid in overtime playing three-on-three, three, you, you can't stop them. And tonight it was a fluky goal. 
But it was just a matter of time when you're buzzing around the net. So uh, a very important win in the debut of Ken Hitchcock. The Oilers have gone to overtime five times. They've won four of them. Dreisaitl, two goals. McDavid, one. Darnell Nurse, the other in the comeback in Winnipeg. The one against the Oilers, Sidney Crosby. The Oilers have yet to go to a shootout. Ken Hitchcock... I, I don't think in any way we can say he's put his stamp on this team. Nope. <laughs> after after one game and, and zero practices, and, and the player deployment was pretty similar to what Todd McClellan did. Connor McDavid, for example, plays 23-57. Dreisaitl plays 22-15. Uh, Nurse up there at 25-04. Clefbaum and Larson both over 23 minutes. Cooper Marodi did not play the third period and only played 4:59. But one thing for our adjustment of the game, for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors, if it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. The third line tonight was Lucic, Brodziak, and Cassian. Uh, Hitch went with some veteran players, some heavy players, and I'm sure he challenged them. He, he, he goes, you go to Brodziak, you go to Cassian there, tell them Here's, here is an opportunity for you. You guys want more ice time? You tired of being fourth-line players? Well, here's what you have to do to get more ice time. And Milan Lucic, he's saying, all right, we, we're not getting the goals out of you. We're not getting the offense out of you. But you can lead us other ways. Lead us with physicality. And I'm going to put you with a couple guys that are grinders. And what I liked about that line, and it kind of forced Milan to go along with them, they didn't turn pucks over in the neutral zone. They got the pucks over the red line, they dumped it in, and they forechecked. And they got physical, and they cut the pucks in down deep. When they get themselves into trouble is when they try to get fancy in the neutral zone. They didn't do that today. So now the Oilers got a little bit of momentum going, especially in the second period. And that's when they started to take the game and bring it back and give themselves a chance to get the two points. You've often been asked by, by listeners, Rob, uh, about carrying the puck in or, or shooting it in. And, and you've often answered, well, you, you got to read the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to know who you are as a player and what's happening on the ice. Connor, you like when Connor McDavid carries the puck in, but as you've often pointed out, sometimes he's got to dump it in and, and chase it. But do you think there might be a shift under Hitchcock towards which way they go with that, if they might be persuaded to do something more often, depending on the opportunity? Well, I don't know what Todd was saying, because I've never played for Todd. I do know what Hitch would be saying, because I've been with him. And he strongly encourages players of a certain skill type to dump the puck in. He, and, and, he, and he'll be adamant about it. He'll show you videos. Okay, this is what you can, this is what you can't do. You know, Connor McDavid, if you're going to turn the puck over, that's fine because nine out of ten times you're making a good play. Cassian, dump it. Brodzik, dump it. Raddy, and we saw that today. And what you're doing is you're keeping the play going forward. And you're keeping it the risk-reward. If you make a risky play at the blue line, it's going back your own way. If you get it across the blue line, you only got three feet closer anyways. So dump the puck in the corner and get a forecheck going. Hitch loves forecheck. You don't forecheck at the blue line. You forecheck it by putting in the corner. The Oilers were much better at that tonight. Yeah, I thought especially in the second and third periods, they, they were outplayed in the first period mm-hmm. and uh, got out of it uh, behind one goal. Tied it early in the second period. want to touch on that here before we get to the phone call. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. The one goal that did not involve McDavid or Dreisaitl tonight was a minute 46 into the second period. Nugent Hopkins gets his second shorthanded marker of the season. Yeah, it was a nice play by Kyle Brodziak. Um, you don't think of Kyle as being a 
one with real soft hands. But on that play there, he, he waited for the right moment. He, he took his time, created space so that Nugent Hopkins could get even with him. And then he had Burns turning inside and out. And he, it, I watched the replay a couple times. It was a nice little sauce, just skips over top of the stick of Brett Burns. And it was right on the tape of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If Nugent Hopkins has to cradle the puck or, or pull his stick back or, or find the puck at all, he's not going to beat Jones, the goalie. But because he's able to get it on his stick and in one motion off his stick and into the net, he has a ch- chance to get it in before Jones comes across. So wonderful play by Brodziak and a big goal at the time for the Oilers. Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. Dreisaitl gets the winner 51 seconds into the fourth period. So Edmonton's record now 10-10-1. The Sharks get the single point for the overtime loss. They are 11-7-4. They lead the Pacific Division. 780-496-0063. We have Michael standing by. Michael, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Great game today. I know I've called him a few times. Um, I have, well, three comments to make tonight. Um, the first one is, I know I've said this before and you guys have commented on it, but uh, we do play better when we are from behind. I mean, we seen it against Calgary, we seen it against Vegas, and we see that tonight. Uh, your thoughts on that one first? Better playing from behind? Well, I wouldn't know about Calgary because they blew a, a two nothing lead and got blown out and in the third. And by the time they <laughs> they woke up against Vegas, it was already five two or or, or six two. Um, the the you want to have you want to have a lead. You do not you don't want to continue to play from behind. Most teams press when they fall behind. Most teams that have a lead take their foot off a little bit, but at the end of the day, if you score for, first, you win the most. Most of those games, you win. So uh, they pressed, but I think the recipe of, for success is to get a lead and build on a lead, not hope that you can come back in a hockey game. Yeah, yeah that's true. But they didn't do that against Calgary or Vegas. Well, Anyways, uh, the second the second point that I want to try to get to is um, uh, I love. McLean and don't get me wrong and everything, but and I when Quenville got uh, got fired, I heard the comments. I heard I listened to you guys almost every day. Um, I love McLean and stuff like that. But my question is, why didn't we go after? Nothing against Hitchcock either. But why didn't we go after Quenville? I don't. Well, th- I don't think he's going to coach in the NHL. And do you, and do you know if they went after him? No one knows if he was offered the job or not. So, well, the, I mean, Peter said the only the only person they talked but to was Hitchcock. You're still not going to say it if you did. I mean, Joe, for me, Quenville Quenville's only come if he gets a, a four or five year deal at five six million dollars. That's the only way he's going anywhere. So if for if you're going to sign him to that, then you've got to be of absolute certainty that the GM is going to be around at season's end. You're not going to give a guy a five-year deal, fire a GM, or the GM be on a hot seat and have a new GM come in and be saddled with a, a coach. So to me, this is the perfect scenario. Ken Hitchcock will be here for the year, and at the end of the year, if things go well, Peter and Hitch could be back again next year. If they don't, well, then there could be different changes. Fair enough. And the third one is my concern is that he... I know McLaren did it, but he... To me, I think he overplayed... Uh, McDavid and the dry side of the line is that going to continue? Well, it did tonight. Is they was they played almost identical to what they've all been playing all year. Actually, I think they might have been above their season average tonight. As McDavid well, they got was an extra shift out of the game in overtime too. Yeah, so 
Uh, McDavid coming in tonight was at 22-12. He played 23-57. Leon was at 20-17, and he played uh, 22-15. Yeah, so they both they played more play tonight more than, than they usually do. Tonight. So, yeah, I mean, any, any, any coach coaching Connor McDavid is going to have him on the well, ice as much as possible. But it goes back to what has been written about, what has been talked about in the last, you know, 14 hours, is the Oilers are not a deep team. They're top-heavy. And when you're a top-heavy team and you're a coach who wants to win, you're going to play your best players as much as possible. Every time Connor and Leon is on, are on the ice, you have a better chance of winning a hockey game. So I don't care if it's Scotty Bowman, Ken Hitchcock, Todd McClellan, or a Pee Wee coach is coaching in Millet, B, Millet, Alberta right now. If they're coaching the Oilers, those two are going to play a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, if, if the Oilers are going to stay in the, in the playoff mix, then will they get production from the the middle six forwards who whoever they are i mean i think they're you know you don't expect a lot from the fourth line you hope you get checking you hope you get territory mm-hmm. not a lot of teams actually expect offense from the fourth line if you get it it's a bonus i don't know if the Oilers have good enough fourth line players to get a lot of bonus offense they'll probably get some along the way uh scored tonight obviously on the first line so how often is chase on going to score how will lucic ever start Getting a, a, a few more points. Um, you but, know, what, well, who is Spooner going to turn out to be? Well, I mean, in, in this game tonight, uh, Nugent Hopkins scored a huge goal in it, but the second line with Nugent Hopkins did next to nothing. You didn't notice Chase on. You didn't notice Spooner very much. Uh, the fourth line, which tonight was uh, Raddy and Jujar, there was some productive moments, but they were the moments when they were playing with Connor McDavid. So in reality, tonight it was the McDavid line, which was excellent and the Brodziak line that was good and the other two lines were really unnoticeable tonight in the game. Oilers win 4-3 in overtime against the San Jose Sharks so Edmonton goes to 10-10-1 on the season. Not a lot of shots overall in this game. 25-23 the Sharks outshot the Oilers. Uh, the Sharks had 10 shots in the first period just 15 the rest of the way. Leon's goal going on off his foot was the only shot of overtime. The power play stats will be a little bit misleading tonight. The Oilers go 0 for 1. They only had 11 seconds of power play time. And San Jose goes 0 for 3. They had one power play that only lasted 11 seconds because they committed a penalty uh, shortly into one of their man advantages. I I guess you'd give Edmonton the the special teams advantage Mm -hmm. because they scored shorthanded and they killed off two full power plays by San Jose. Yeah, the special teams was very good for for Edmonton today. And not only did they get the the two-on-one goal, Jujar Carrot, well shorthanded, was... Slasher was slashed or hooked. I can't remember what the penalty was. I think on that they one. gave called it a hook, hook. on Eric Carlson. Yeah, and, and and nullified a San Jose power play. So two really good plays, well shorthanded, uh, change the complexion of this hockey game. Oilers win four three in overtime. Whenever they get to five in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on six thirty ched dot com. When that happens, go to that page, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Andy calling in. Hey, Andy, go ahead. Yes, guys. First time caller. Nice to hear from hey, you. Hey, uh, I got a question for you. Why Why do you think we lost that game in Calgary? Why do we think they lost that game in Calgary? Yes. The, yes. the one on Saturday? Yes. Well, I, I just think Calgary played way better in the third period. They, they overwhelmed the Oilers with their forecheck and their depth, and Edmonton just couldn't stand up to it. 
No, Reid, I think you're wrong. The reason we lost that game is because we got out coached. Okay, how do you think they got out coached in that game? Why, why did we put Lucic on the top line? Yeah, well, we for t- a, yeah for, we for talk- a period we t- and a half. We put him on the top line. He's an elephant out there. He can't catch up with McDavid. Yeah, well, we talked about that after the game on Saturday. They they put him up there initially for a little bit of police work for McDavid and Drysaitel. We thought in the third probably should have put Kajula yep. back there on that line once. Uh, I wouldn't say that's the reason they lost. They got totally outplayed in the third period. So it wasn't just on one winger playing on the top line. They, they were out, I mean, what was it, out 18-4 to four were the shots in that period. Yeah. So, But at the end of the day, I mean, who cares about that game? Let's talk about tonight. Yeah, Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. Uh, just their second win in the last eight, but it is a much-needed victory, absolutely. Kennedy on line four. Hey, Kennedy, go ahead. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I've been watching the Oilers since Vinny Demphu scored four goals in, what was that, 95? Yeah, great player. It was a trip to see Kenny Hitchcock behind the bench, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but, you, you're, you're absolutely right. It was kind of neat seeing him behind there tonight. My point, uh, I noticed a big difference. Finishing checks, like, you know, it always bugs me when guys do the flyby, and even you don't have to destroy a guy, but if you finish the check, you put him out of the play, you put him off balance, you know, he can't support the puck, and that half a second makes all the difference in the world. And I think, like, Raddy was finishing checks. I saw... Uh, dry subtle finished a huge check and usually he you know he doesn't really initiate checks he takes them really well but tonight was a big difference you're right and that will be something that will be uh, talked about and pushed by Ken Hitchcock he likes players to be physical and finish checks and he expects everyone to do it um, having said that you would expect that to happen in the first couple of games of any new coach coming because everyone wants to make a good impression. It's what happens in games 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and so on if the players continue to do that. Now, I know that uh, Hitch will certainly be encouraging and expecting his players to do that. Hopefully the players will follow suit and continue it as well because you're absolutely right. And it doesn't have, you don't have to pace the guy or drive him through the wall. A little nudge to knock him off just so he doesn't jump into the play. Give your defense your defense that extra second. Allow the, the your, your back checking forward a little more time to get into the right position. All because you finished your check. All right, Oilers beat the Sharks four three in overtime. Drysital gets the winner. More time for your phone calls. We'll have post. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Game reaction from the Oilers dressing room presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Carlson, who raked it free up the boards and out of the zone. Hurdle with Benning falling down as a breakaway to the net. Reach shot tonight. Koskinen, rebound, a swipe at it, and the net is off its mooring, so nothing will count.
Miko Koskinen, 22 saves tonight. He gets the win. He's 5-2 and two as an Edmonton Oiler. That's your save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. The Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. McDavid and Dreisaitl each with a goal and two assists. Dreisaitl gets the winner. McDavid scores his 100th career goal. Kajula and Nugent Hopkins also scored. Larson and Brodziak had assists tonight. Graham in Calgary texting in. He says, do you, th- guys, uh, do you think middling guys like Raddy will end up moving down eventually? Yes, Ipuliarvi seems to have had some strong games in Bakersfield. Um... Pugliarvi eventually will be back up here. I don't know when it will be, but he's going to audition for Ken Hitchcock. When he gets uh, that opportunity, he's going to have to take advantage of it. But, yeah, he'll, he'll get it. Uh, Raddy, uh, I, I'm not, not going to guess where he's going to be because Pugliarvi could be coming up for an injury at some point. Yeah. So, But uh, Pugliarvi will be here at some point. 780-496-0063. Tony is standing by. Good evening, Tony. Hey, how's it going, boys? Doing well. Um, I've never. I I just realized this tonight. I've never thought. I've never said I love you guys' show. So yeah, I listen to it every night after an other game. Doesn't matter if we lose or win. Um, the thing that I know as well tonight, and I know if the, and I don't know if it's because we have a new coach or whatever, but I liked how when we like it wasn't um, to the point where you know we were over aggressive, but it was the fact that we weren't getting up on the four check, which was nice. Koskinen again was brilliant. Like he made, he kept us in the game, in my opinion. Um, and another thing that I really liked about the game too, and I haven't seen this a lot from him, is what Drysdale has been doing the last, I don't know, four or five games. Like, example in Calgary or against Calgary when he took when he really took um, to Kachuk down. I never knew that he could actually be such an enforcer because it seemed like all he did was score and assist. Did you get like? Did you guys see that in him or no? Well, he's got a little anger in him. When eventually he has enough, he he can be physical. He can be a little nasty. I mean, he's got size. A lot of skilled guys uh, in different eras weren't able to show a nasty side to themselves because they didn't have the size to back it up. Drysaddle's a big man, and if he wants to be physical, if he wants to show some aggression, he can. I have seen it at times in the past where he's challenged guys physically, and. Uh, it, it's not. It's not in. It's in his repertoire. It's not something that's going to come out a lot. But when it does, it's quite noticeable. This was the only game in the NHL tonight. The Oilers' farm team was beaten 4-3 by the Colorado Eagles. Joe Gambardella with two goals for the Bakersfield Condors. That's on the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Oilers beat the Sharks 4-3 in the extra session. First game for Ken Hitchcock behind the bench. Andrew on line three. Good evening, Andrew. Hi, guys. Uh, First time caller here. Uh, First thing I would like to say is uh, welcome home, Hitch. Uh, Edmonton boy, which is great. I have two questions, actually. Uh, do you think that uh, Koskinen has a number one job? For now, yes. Uh, yeah, and second of all, uh, Hitch made some changes to the lineup. He moved Cass up. Uh, he's a great skater. Do you anticipate that uh, he will make any more moves to uh, change up the lineup? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, he, he will. I mean, right now, Hitch is just trying to learn the team. Um, I don't know how much he has watched of the Oilers. 
I mean, I don't even know. Was he living in Dallas? I don't even know where he Sounds he, like he's been watching. Though. So it was some, but not. I mean, he's probably watching a lot of games, a lot of different teams. So to know exactly what each player brings, he's going to have to find and see it firsthand. And tonight he'll go evaluate. He'll sit and talk with the assistant coaches and say, okay, here's what I saw from this. What have you been getting from him usually? And then you'll have practice, and then they'll go to another game, and he'll just keep moving forward. And it'd probably be, I don't know, five to seven games before you really see what he does to this team, how he changes this team, how he puts his structure in, his forecheck, his defensive zone coverage. The, the problem for teams in the National Hockey League, outside of training camp, there's not a lot of practice days. There's a lot of traveling. There's mandated days off by the National Hockey League. So there's only so many days that they can implement new stuff. So there's not a lot of days where Ken Hitchcock can come in and just retool everything. So it's going to take time for him to get them to do the things that they want to do and for him to find out who he wants playing with who and in what situations. You can also text 63630. This texter says, uh, really happy for Drake Kajula. He's showing the naysayers why he was resigned. Hopefully this was the wake-up call the team needed. Growing up in the uh, in Sherwood Park and being a Crusaders fan, I'm happy to see Hitchcock on our bench as opposed to coaching against us. Do you think Talbot will get a chance early to redeem himself, or do they ride Koskinen for a while? Uh, yeah, we should... I mean, I think Koskinen starts the next game. Yes, he's he's playing better than Talbot right now. I still think they will they will need both goalies. Now, thankfully, Koskinen's playing well. In the last couple of seasons, it's just been basically Talbot. And if he was playing poorly, which he did a lot last year too, you just basically kept rolling him out there most of the time. So it's it's nice they have some depth goaltending. Clearly, Talbot I think needs to get some some focus back and some confidence back. So in the, in the meantime, I, I think Koskinen, Koskinen might play every game on this trip, and then we'll see. Well, I, I think what they're going to do and what they should do is Koskinen played tonight. He played well. He gets to play next game. And then after next game, they'll reevaluate how he plays, and that'll decide who plays the one after. Talbot will get the net back again because Ken Hitchcock's going to want to see what Talbot is capable of doing. But until Koskinen has an off night, I believe Koskinen's going to be the goalie. Uh, for people asking, we will bring you uh, the Ken Hitchcock post-game comments uh, when we have them coming in from San Jose. Probably we'll get to that after uh, the midnight news as the Oilers beat the San Jose Sharks 4-3 in overtime. It did not start well. 45 seconds into the game, Donskoy scored for San Jose. McDavid came back. He got his 13th goal of the season, 100th of his career. Rob, the Oilers' tying goal in the third period, Kajula from McDavid and Dreisaitl, that was a beauty set. It, it was a beauty, and on the highlights, if they don't go far enough back, you're just going to see a wonderful pass from McDavid to Kajula. But that play was made by Leon Dreisaitl. He made a backhand pass across the entire length of the ice, hitting a streaking Connor McDavid, which isn't easy because of the how fast he goes, and put it right on his blade through three players, two Sharks and Kajula. That was the play that set up the goal. All right, we're going to pause for the midnight news. Robert, you're up next on the phone line. You will hear from the new head coach. Hey, he's 1-0 as the Oilers bench boss, Ken Hitchcock. We're taking you into Wednesday morning. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 
Working along the half wall. He taps it out to Timo Meyer, who turned it over to Brodziak, who has an angle to the net centers. Free shot score! Ryan Nugent Hopkins right underneath the crossbar. And Edmonton has scored its fourth shorthanded goal of the season. That was the shorty from the Nuge early in the second period, tied at 2-2. The Oilers would go on to beat the San Jose Sharks 4-3 in overtime. We'll get to Ken Hitchcock's post-game remarks right away, but first we welcome Robert on the open line. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Hey, boys, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, I want to. I have a question about Connor and Leon. Do you do you do you do you guys see for the foreseeable future Connor and Leon playing together under? Under Hitchcock? Uh, absolutely. Um, I've said all along that the best right winger on this entire team is Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, they, right now they are clicking, and I see no reason to break them up. Um, the problem for the Oilers is when whatever they break them up, if, if Leon's running his own line, he's got nobody to play with. And that's the same thing that's happened right now with Ryan Newton Hopkins. As soon as whoever leaves Connors, play, he's on an, an island by themselves. So I think right now they're going to leave Leon with Connor, hope to, to get a little run going and try to find somebody that can step up and be a second-line winger and produce. What are you thinking, Robert? Well, well, well I'm thinking, well, well, I'm thinking, I'm the, I, I'm thinking for now that, yeah, I, I agree that, you, that, 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 that they'll keep Connor and Leon together until, until they see a reason not to. Now, now, but now, my my other question was regarding the uh, the, uh, the the uh, the the lineup changes that were that were made, moving Cassian and Brodziak up in the lineup. Uh, do you do you guys think that was a good move? Because I think I think it was in the in in the sense of that you know it, it brought the brought uh, brought a bit more physicality to the game because. Right. Because you know, because those guys, as you as you guys have talked about, those guys don't uh, don't those guys don't uh, don't don't necessarily score, but but they but they they check and they they they, they create momentum. And I'll I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Robert. Yeah, no, I, I think that what you saw tonight, and I think Hitch will like. I think there maybe he puts in Russell next game on the fourth line, but other than that, I think he'll more or less stay with what uh, won him a hockey game tonight until he sees something otherwise. All right, we'll get to some of your texts as well, the 630-630, but let's go back to San Jose. He's 1-0 as Oilers head coach. Here's Ken Hitchcock. You started your day where you finish it and what you finish it with, uh, victory. Uh, I was more worried that it was past my bedtime and I wasn't going to be able to stay up. <laughs> uh, that was kind of the... I don't think I've seen a third period all year out, out west, but you know, for me it was uh, we just got better and better as the game went on. We got better in the second. We were really good in the third. I got, we really got on the grind, and uh, there's a lot of weight and size in this group. I a lot more than I I can remember, and uh, we we started to lean pretty hard in the third period and used it, and it was very very effective. So it's a great win and. You know, well, one of the things that goes missing here is this is tough schedule for these kids right now. This is third and four nights, and that's a tough, a tough grind. And to play like they did to as the game went on is pretty impressive. How much coaching did you do tonight? Uh, I was uh, grinding hard. I, 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 I to, you know, I told them I was going to do it, and I was pushing hard. I wasn't. I, I needed about four shifts to make judges and judgments and then I just started pushing I started coaching and I felt way more comfortable you know I 
I struggled with names like uh, I, I had one player I called him four different names and he never got off the bench so he never went anywhere and then finally we got to a nickname and that kind of worked in the third period so um, you know but other than that I, I felt the more I coached, the more comfortable it was for me. But I, I, I was grinding hard today. How about when it's one nothing, forty-five seconds in, and you're like, "Welcome, welcome to Edmonton." Well, and and you're. It took us about six video clips to figure out what, how we screwed up there, but we'll fix that on uh, for, on Thursday. How fun is it to play or to have a guy like Connor McDavid involved in all four goals tonight? Well, we were able to double him up in the third period because there was no power plays, and he came out every second shift in the third period and played great. That line was great. He played great, uh, but if, if you're going to keep it five on five, we can double him like that, and that's a pretty dynamic player to have to be facing. And I, I thought he really enhanced uh, uh, 16 and 8's game, and I thought they were they were dynamic offensively too. They created some opportunities because uh, McDavid was with them. So. It, we're, I think we're going to be able to afford to do that stuff if it's going to stay five on five like it is. You didn't tinker with the lineup too much, but you did make a bit of a switch with Lucic onto that line with Cassian and, and Brodziak. Just speaking specifically to that that decision and and your vision of how to maybe unlock Lucic a little bit here. Um, to me, uh, he's spending way too much time talking about not scoring, and it's it's not going to help him. He, he needs to do what he did today. He knocked two guys out of the box today. He was physical on the puck. He protected the puck. He was great down low. Very, very effective player. And and then the, he'll, he'll score goals. He'll chip in, but he needs to be a really solid third-line player that gets to play on the power play and, and stuff like that for us to be effective. But he needs to get back to who he was as a junior player and uh, and never mind what he's not doing he can have a huge impact in the game like he did tonight if he's going to continue to play this way and this is what we're going to have to expect from is him. Is he on your top line power play which we didn't really get to see like, where do you got him? Yeah, he's got a guess about that now. <laughs> Ken what did your goaltender show you tonight after a tough early start he seemed to battle back and, and really settle in what did Miko show you a guy that hasn't been in the league when you've been in the league? Uh, he's a really competitive guy, and I think the players like playing for him. So we look like we got a chance to have two really good goalies here, two really competitive guys. And when you got two, you, you need two goalies in the league to win. Even the guy that's, uh, you, you got to get 15 to 20 wins out of uh, even your second guy if you're going to win in the league now. And we look like we got a chance to have two really good goalies. So that's a good thing for us. What was your sense of the mood uh, of the team, like, you know, this morning at the start of the game and as the game went on? Uh, they, they feel young to me, which is fun. I mean, they feel young. It's a young group, and and they're excited to play. And I like the part I like is that they don't. They really have embraced what, you know. I told them I would I would coach them hard, and they've really embraced that. And and I think that's the thing I enjoyed the most is that when I said to a, a person, "You need to change. This is what we need to see." With this, went out and did it, and that's why we got better and better in the third period. And. And uh, as the game wore on, and I, I, that's the part I like. But they, they have a lot of fun, and uh, they're a loud group, and that's a good thing. Can you have about the work done on a Leon, I'm sorry, um, Drake's uh, game-tying goal, uh, 200 feet of work by Connor and Leon, etc. The game-tire? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, 
It, it, they're funny uh, twosome because the bench sniffs it out. Uh, like the bench gets loud when those guys have one step on somebody, the bench gets loud because they feel something big is coming. And I think every time they get a step on somebody, they're going to create a scoring chance. They, uh, Leon has uh, dynamic hands. He's got great vision, but he's got dynamic hands. He makes soft plays with the puck for a big guy. That's, that's an awesome uh, type of player to work with. All right, there's Ken Hitchcock, Oilers head coach, as Edmonton beats San Jose 4-3 in overtime. Interesting one comment there, Rob. He said, he, he said we, I thought we leaned on them a lot in the second and third period, and, of course, he referenced, I hadn't seen that here before when in his previous <laughs> teams he coached. Well, usually he had the teams that were leaning on the Oilers. So the Oilers have got some big boys. When they play big, they're tough to play against. Quick questions on the text lines for you here. Rob Desmond in Sturgeon County says, uh, I thought Benning struggled tonight. Is it time to bring up Ethan Bear? No. SPR says, given Hitch's history of having a checking line and Shirelli's preference of strength down the middle, do you think it's possible Hitch could use McDavid, uh, Dreisaitl, and Nuge all down the middle again with Nuge as the shutdown center, perhaps if and when Yessi and or Yamamoto are called up. I don't see that happening anytime soon, no. And uh, Caleb is texting in from Brodziak and Latestu's hometown of Elk Point. He really wants us to mm-hmm. mention that. What could you get if you traded Talbot? Why do you think Eric Carlson has gone so quiet after coming to San Jose. I, I don't think a, a Talbot trade is 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 in the works, so mm. I don't think we're going to go down there. Neither than that, uh, Carlson. It, he's uh, still it, good. He's still good. It, it's tough. I mean, he was Mister Everything in Ottawa, and he's going to somewhere where he's not as big. I mean, they got Burns, they got Couture, they got Thornton, they got a, they got Pavelski, they got stars there. He was the star. He's trying to fit in. As the season goes on, he will get better. Yeah, and he's still he's still very good. I also think I mean he did have an ankle issue that that may have affected his uh, his mobility as well. Not that he skates poorly. Don't know if he's quite as dynamic as he once won, but he, as he once was, but he's still one of the best. We'll finish the play with Brock when we get back. We will also hear from Leon Dreisaitl. He gets the game winner in overtime. Oilers four, Sharks three. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630 Good morning, 17 minutes after midnight. The Edmonton Oilers get their 10th victory of the season, beating San Jose 4-3 in overtime. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We have Brock on the line. Hey, Brock, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Uh, hey, Rob. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, first of all, <laughs> Rob, it was a pleasure to meet you last winter at the Regina um, homecoming weekend. Oh, that was a lot of uh, fun. I really enjoyed it out there. They did a really good job uh, putting that on. Yeah, it was an incredible event. A little chilly, but uh, I guess Regina in, in February is going to be more often than not. Um, my question for you guys tonight, um, and I understand, understand that it's a little speculative, but just unpacking. Today was crazy uh, as an Oilers fan, and just unpacking everything that happened. Going back to some of Hitchcock's comments from this afternoon, it really stood out to me, um, just some of, I guess, of how assertive he was with how confident um, he would, he felt in his ability as a coach to, to turn things around, he even referenced being able to do so with, with the Blues in, you know, about really a week, week to two weeks, um, you know, not to put the tinfoil hat on too much, 
But uh, <laughs> and with how small the hockey world is, it kind of struck me as is this is it, was this something that maybe was brought to his awareness as an opportunity up to a week or two ago. Um, I don't know if that would maybe come from Nicholson, and I don't even know how much it really matters. He's the coach now, but um, it seemed to me that he maybe had some pre-designed ideas of, of things that he would want to do, and and a guy would only have that had he been watching the team closely. Um, maybe and yeah, maybe good, would it, that's a good question. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, you know what? Uh, probably, maybe. Well, he's f- been watching. Yeah, may- maybe a friend floated it out there. Hey, there might be an opportunity at some point if things go sideways. Just keep a look on this team. See, see what you think. See what if if it's available. What would you change? What will you do? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The the words that he said today and how he said it, it wasn't as though he just got a a little synopsis of the Oilers and oh, I can fix all of these things. It's only going to take me a couple of days to do it. Yeah, there there was probably a feeling out period to see if that was a possibility or not before I mean you don't want to fire a coach and then all of a sudden oh god we don't have anyone to fill the spot yeah yeah so yeah you're you're, you're probably right but I yeah, think I think obviously it got serious like Shirelli said after Sunday's game so and you know and Shirelli admitted it was not ideal to have Todd to fly to San Jose and then say sorry you're not coaching on this road trip um, but they they had to know Hitch was wanted the job and was going to take it. So that's yeah, all Yeah, and I think, I think, I mean, there's a couple of things I saw in tonight's game that even in his deployment um, happened pretty quickly with moving Lucic and kind of creating that more of a third-line guard. And, and Kara tonight, I felt like, probably played his best game of the season. And uh, I don't know if um, that's a specific example, but I definitely like the direction he's taking the, the bottom six. Well, I mean, the the one that's really good and the, the bottom guys will like it is if you're going to double shift Connor McDavid and you're Kara and Raddy, so <laughs> yeah. either you're going to play with Marodi or McDavid. It's like, oh, well, they both start with an M, but we'll take the McDavid guy instead. That's going to make your fourth line that much better. Brock, we're going to finish the play with you. We hope to put you into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. It's worth 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Face off. So that's saying something is my point. Off the draw. Here's Kane firing and a glove save made by Koskinen right off the draw. All right, Brock, what period was that in? Was it in the third period or in overtime? uh, In San Jose, I'll give you a hint. San Jose did not have a shot on goal in overtime. Uh, It absolutely was the third period. That was a tougher one. Hang on the line (laughs) so uh, Kellen can take down your info. Leon Dreisaitl scored the overtime winner. Here he is. A good sign? Uh, I don't know if we're chasing it uh, too much. I thought we, um, we played a pretty pretty solid uh, road game against a really good team. And, um, you know, I thought in the third we, we put, put pressure on them, had, had a few uh, chances, um, a few good looks. And, um, you know, I thought it was, uh, like I said, a really good road game. This is the first time that you've ever experienced this in the NHL, playing for a new coach. The coach gets fired this morning. What can you tell that? fans like what was it like what's the difference of tonight for all the other games you played well it's obviously a, a new voice and uh, you know there's lots going on uh, that day you know a lot of meetings getting to know 
the new coach, and uh, it's my first time too, like you said. Um, but you know, we didn't try to um, you know make too big big of a deal out of this. Um, you know, it's a new coach coming in. Um, he's going to try and get us to 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 play the right way and, and win as many games as we can. And um, you know, tonight was a good start, I thought. He's what? not going to try and revamp everything in one day, I imagine. What did he ask you guys to focus on? Uh, maybe just simplify it a little bit. Um, you know, getting in behind their D. You know, play to our strength. Um, you know, I think our team's always good down low, uh, below, below the net and below the tops of circles, and that's where we, um, you know, make teams pay. And um, again, uh, I thought we, we had some good looks. That is Leon Dreisaitl, a goal and two assists tonight. He wins it 51 seconds into overtime. The Oilers are 10-10-1, 4-3 decision over the San Jose Sharks. Ken Hitchcock's Stanley Cup year in 1999 with Dallas was the focus of face-off trivia. Who was the captain of that team? Darian Hatcher, Trucker Dave, gets his name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy of Alpine Credits. All right, here's what's happening. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 later today. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8, both Wednesday and Thursday. I'm live at the Grey Cup Festival in the 630 Shed Information Centre. That'll be a lot of fun. And our next Oilers broadcast is Friday afternoon, American Thanksgiving weekend. Noon, face-off show, 2 o'clock start of the game on Friday here on 630 Chet. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Get more on 630Ched.com. Oilers win it in OT. Have a great night. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.